Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. I'm Bryce. Hello. And I'm Bradley. I thought you were going to say Bradley for a second, Bryce. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what am I going to say? And I, I'm I Bryce. Man, you're good. You can take the day off. Yo, I'm kind. You just take a nap. Just sit back and relax. Just <laughs> chill, you know? That's, I mean, I can go for a nap right now. I am oddly tired for how well i slept last night i don't understand it but i second the better you sleep the the more tired you are i honestly agree with that like there's so many times that i'm feel like i've slept so good and yet i'm more tired than i would have been yeah yeah makes no sense but anyway sleep aside we've got no sleep no time for sleep for this uh episode today we're gonna be talking about a very cool and very popular, but I didn't know very much about them at all. They're a creature from the Halo games, if you've ever heard of those guys. Oh, uh, I know. They're, they're pretty niche games. Yeah. <laughs> really indie. Yeah, real indie games. I think they just came out with a new one. I don't know if anyone's been playing it. I've heard it. Uh, it's been doing pretty good for itself, I think. But <laughs> okay. we're uh, going to be talking about a creature called the Flood in uh, so to preface have you guys played halo before yeah had much experience i I think i might have (laughs) (laughs) i've heard of it i think maybe yeah yeah i i uh had a lot of fun with three and reach Mm -hmm. yeah so i I remember those flood levels in three and at the age that i was at they were pretty tough man (laughs) Probably well, a little young for uh, and playing those levels. Interesting for us, you know, like currently, I feel like the war, like that, the art, like the generate, like this generation is having, is like the different sides of technology. I feel like there's the whole like PS4 versus Xbox, or which I guess is that's like one of the longer ones. But then there's like iPhone versus Samsung. But like when we were uh, growing up, when we were kids, it was Halo and Call of Duty people. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah it was. was. So true. I mean, I and I didn't play video games very much. I was in a very like non-technological household so i but i just remember like how yeah. crazy it would get with people that's so yeah. true we were so passionate about it it'll be like yeah. man halo's garbage no call of duty's garbage i'll <laughs> i will admit the uh i was on the call of duty side of that argument for a long time really because i i I didn't have any like video game consoles and stuff growing up. So I'd play them at like my friend's house. And so I remember playing like multiplayer, like Call of Duty and then just like online and stuff like with Halo. And mm-hmm. I hated Call of Duty. People were just so good. And then like with Halo, at least I could get like I could I felt like I was kind of OK. Yeah. And so I think I was just like always on Team Halo, even though I had like barely played either of them. Yeah, for me, it was I. I really wasn't a fan of the Call of Duty series. I was more of a call- fan of the Call of Duty Zombies series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so that's where I preferred Call of Duty exclusively because of that one niche game mode. And then my only other interaction with Halo really for a long time, one of the only first times I had ever heard of Halo was there was a kid in my class in, I think, fifth grade that was reading a strategy guide for halo yes. and all of the guns guys. and it had all of the, the creature types all of the, the the species in it and stuff like that and i was like the heck is this guy reading 
what a weirdo slash also what the heck game is that I that was like, my first experience i feel like i might have bought a strategy guide for hillary mm-hmm. it was nice because like it showed all the maps for the campaign levels and where True. all the weapons were oh nice so, actually that would be kind of handy yeah you could be like oh the shotguns here you got some snipers here you got some <laughs> mech gets there you know so yeah. Dude, all i, know I remember is... i remember buying a game guide to some star wars game and i didn't even have the game i didn't like at the time i didn't even have a like like i said a video game console but i loved mm-hmm. star wars that much i was like this must have a really cool star wars book i had no idea it was a video game <laughs> i bought it I'm like, what am i looking at i'm so confused <laughs> yeah here man but i will definitely say try and explain the weapon the needler to someone who has no knowledge of what halo oh, is right it is a confusing time and i was not comprehending when this kid there's, was trying to tell me how good the needler was. There's like these crystals and you're like, what? Uh, and <laughs> you shoot them. And then if you shoot enough of them at them, then they explode. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? And this dude's You're insane about crystals and stuff <laughs> What's going on here. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my experience with Halo. And it is a very interesting and actually very surprising. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say very surprising because like, People who have played the series know that like there is a lot of lore to these games and they are very deep but like it's actually really impressive how much history and stories and just knowledge and lore they have packed into these games that are just like built up over years and there is a lot of information to get into if you really want to for this series yeah so, they have books too don't they oh yeah they have book series they have games they have a couple of movies i think they have an animated uh movie or show yeah they have an anime as well much from that and then i think they're coming out with a new uh yeah they are a series on paramount so true so there is a lot of information if you really want to get into this series so i am sure that i don't have all of the information that there is in the entire halo universe but i i tried to grab some really cool stories and like kind of the general story of how the flood came about, where they came yeah. from, and then what happened in like the big storyline wars and battles that really like shaped the rest of the universe. So Man. that's where we're going to mainly talk about today. I'm so ready, dude. It's been so long since I played Halo 3. Right. Kind of yeah. dip my toes in this lore. And I'm just, I'm so amped, bro. And I think personally, the flood did not get enough popularity and no, like people were not talking enough about the flood, at least in the circles I was in, because it was all about like the covenant and people talking about those guys and the elites and stuff like that. I had never mm-hmm. heard that the flood existed until like I was way older. If I had known about them, I probably would have played these games more slash been more interested <laughs> in these games because they are very crazy, but very cool. So um so the flood if you don't know what they are if, if you've just hear been hearing us say this word over and over again with no knowledge of what the heck it's, is going on it's not a, like a, a body of water that's like crashing through it is it's not during sentient tsunami <laughs> though it is named after a, a uh sentient tsunami well it's a, named after the biblical flood from like noah's ark story it's actually named oh, after that yeah. um, because so the the flood what it, what it is is it's a parasitic disease kind of monster it's it 
has some amount of a like hive mind to it um and it is a parasitic creature that latches onto organisms other sentient organisms to reproduce and it will just take over any biomass of any kind of creature preferably anything that has some amount of sentience to it because the bigger brain or the smarter the creature that they take over is then the smarter than the resulting flood creature will be and so it's just a parasitic organism that just latches on and spreads like wildfire through universes and just takes over planets and so it is just a giant plague of destroying monsters so it's kind of cool but terrifying like mutate stuff and comes into contact with and makes it all like messed it does up and, like yes all of tentacles and stuff or something yeah so it's initial the way that it initially starts is not so aggressive but as it gets older and it becomes more aware of what's going on and also as people become more threatening towards it then yeah it starts to evolve and like try and figure out how it can better be a danger to other species and so because of that yeah it, it will First, it has to, the only way it can defend itself is by latching onto another host creature and just using that body as like a vehicle. And then eventually Mm -hmm. it learns to be able to evolve that creature and it will like melt or like destroy parts of that body to then make them into different limbs or different organisms to make it a little bit stronger or suit its purposes a little bit better. But then later on in its life cycle um, in this story, we'll get to points where it is so far advanced that it can just create its own creatures by itself and it doesn't need a host body anymore which is oh, kind of crazy yikes man that's so, scary yeah I mean, and and according to the lore that it is a lot more difficult for it to do and so it doesn't do that often and if it can it will prefer to latch onto a host instead just because that saves it so much time but later on eventually it gets to a point where it can't come across enough uh hosts to keep up and so it does start to generate its own creatures so yeah the uh the flood are kind of crazy eating honestly i know right yeah but you know it runs out of fuel to burn so to speak so it's like oh i'll just make my own Mm -hmm. yeah so the and part of like that like you were saying like they're running out of fuel that's they are very much just like a consuming like wave of death that spreads through the galaxy and their goal although it's not really like a a sent like a specific like made mind goal it's just kind of like a general drive but their drive in the universe is to just kind of spread and take over and just multiply across and that ends up causing a lot of death and planets to be destroyed and so that's why the nickname slash the word for it is becomes the flood because it is like noah's ark flood it spreads across planets and just wipes out all of life on a planet and just completely consumes it in this plague so i think that's honestly like the most terrifying kind of monster creature whatever that like there can be because we've we've talked about like the destroyer now the Uh flood we've talked about and there's, there's like the cthulhu monsters that are probably similar in a way and then mm-hmm. there's like the fear thing from the Green Lantern stuff that like mm-hmm. literally to like it just it just does it right. It's not like doing it in some like 
evil plot to like yeah whatever it's doing it just because like it has to it's just like that's that thing's nature to just that's what it do man. just take over everything and that's just yeah. like terrifying no for the like there's no possibility of negotiation or yeah peace it is just it is an animal that is gonna just wipe out everything it sees and there's just no stopping it just get out of its way if you can is really what it is mm. so but I, but I guess like the way it works is that eventually it'll get out, to, it'll get to you, you know. Is exactly. It'll just keep eating everything until there's nothing left to eat, right? So yeah. Just consuming everything. If you just keep running from it forever, eventually you will get caught in the swarm. So running is not always an option, or it's not forever going to be an option. So, um, and because of the way that the flood work and the way that like the they take over other beings and like possess them i guess is a, is a kind of good word not really though uh but because of that they are really a diverse organism and like they take on tons of different shapes tons of different sizes and they have tons of different weaponry uh because pretty much anything that any organism in the universe can have these guys can have it too because they'll just take over that species is weapons and stuff like that and start to use them as weapons so they are everything bad in the universe <laughs> like you said like they um when they assimilate something they like gain its knowledge right mm -hmm. or, like, to an extent yeah yeah so like they they know how to use like all of this stuff mm -hmm. that the the like creatures that they're consuming know how to use exactly so yeah that's pretty terrifying <laughs> Yeah, and, and that is only on an individual basis. Uh, so, like, each individual drone, each individual flood creature has the memories of its previous host body, but, like, they don't share that knowledge across innately. Uh, they have to do a little bit of work to be able to get to the point where they can talk to each other. So it's not, like, an instant, like, everybody has all of the knowledge, but, like, if a flood were to inhabit a soldier... Now that flood knows how to shoot weapons. And if they're a really smart, like a soldier in charge of shooting a really dangerous gun, now that flood knows how to shoot that really dangerous gun. Mm. So it doesn't mean all of them get it innately, but it does still make them way more dangerous in the long run. I feel bad so. for any flood that would take over me because they would just be <laughs> useless. Well, <laughs> yeah. they they'll find a use. Like nobody's business, man. Yeah. <laughs> But so before we get into the full story of what happens, there is a little bit of information that we need to get through first. So that way, like we know kind of who the big players in this like, galactical story is. Uh, so one of these these players in the universe is a race called the Precursors. These are theoretically, as far as we know, the first species, the first beings ever. Um, but though they do mention that they are from outside of our galaxy, so it's possible that they're just the first and oldest species in our galaxy because they came from outside of it. So maybe there's, like, in other galaxies, there's other creatures that are older, but in our galaxy, these guys came into our galaxy and are now the oldest and most advanced. Um, they're in Halo is a ranking system for what level your species is at technologically-wise. So it starts at zero, that's where the precursors are. And as far as I'm aware, they are the only species to ever reach 
tier zero. And that basically means that they're like transcendent. They like can manipulate time. They have the ability to like generate worlds and manipulate the life cycles and evolution of other lives of other creatures lives and stuff like that so like they are very much like basically gods and then going down from the the next tier is tier one which are creatures or species that have enough technology to be able to build worlds and then after that there's creatures that can travel the stars or like can travel through different solar systems and like move around to different star systems Tier three is people who just are now starting to get into the stars and they're just like starting to like move around in their own solar system. The tier four is now is people who are a little bit back before that, just barely starting to go into space. They're traveling within their own solar system and that's pretty much it. Tier five are people who are just experimenting with atomic energy and the power that that give, can give them. Tier six is the industrial age with a bunch of like new technology, st- steam engines and and things like that. And then tier seven is pre-industrial where it's like basically sticks and stones. It's anything from industrial age backward. And they just lump that all together as tier seven because it's not really worth worrying about how, where that is anymore because it's so low down on that list. So I mean, it makes sense, right? Because like where we are today would be uh-huh. considered for us tier zero because we're the highest that we know of exactly and then going down of course you're gonna have like the iron age the stone age and all right that, but like to to beings that literally create and manipulate time like mm-hmm. that, it all melts together of oh that's the same thing it doesn't matter if it's iron or a stick exactly yeah mm-hmm. so humanity in real world nowadays is probably somewhere in tier five or so maybe like like edging into tier four almost uh, but not like in a big way. So we're pretty low We've down on the list. Into the moon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we're how much further than that, though, honestly. But yeah, well, I guess you, you down like know. probes and stuff, you know. Yeah, but this is this is definitely more talking about like how advanced are they, and are they like ready for like interdimensional or and interstellar communications and traveling, and like are they ready to join? The rest of the universe in conversations so probes aren't really a that would be more like major, a star trek yeah star wars kind of level yeah so that's where once we get to the star trek level then yeah we'll be starting to get into like two or maybe even three but no way we're anywhere closer than that but so that being said the precursors they're the tier zero and uh they so because of that they can create worlds they can move across time in very weird ways they can uh manipulate the lives and evolution of other species in the universe so they're crazy creatures and they also look pretty crazy uh in all the ways we've seen them they always look like very lovecraftian like like cthulhu-ish kind of creatures but they can also they can transform they can make themselves look like anything really so that's how they normally look but they could theoretically look like other things but so they could look like anything really theoretically Whoa, they, yeah. they do look very cool yeah they're very neat looking creatures though they're kind of terrifying but cool uh, and these guys are actually the creators of the next species that we're going to talk about they these guys created a species called the forerunners and because of that the forerunners actually kind of like 
worshipped them as gods and thought that they were like a, the next transient beings that were basically rulers of the galaxies and the arbiters of how life should be treated. So the next, like I said, we're talking about the uh, forerunners. They are a really important species and really the most uh, important to this story. They're very involved in the flood story and they are a tier one species and they are very advanced not obviously quite as advanced as the precursors and they in their uh culture generated or created a thing that they call the mantle and that's something that they claim or, or believe that they kind of inherited from the precursors when the precursors moved on died or just left the forerunners decided that they were then handed down this mantle by the precursors and that was the responsibility for them to protect the universe and like try and foster life on as many worlds as they can and not destroy it so like the mantle that was passed to them was you you're going to be like the universal police that's going to keep everyone from killing each other and try and just make it so life continues to flourish in the galaxy rather than causing wars. So it's but, like not a uh, object. It's no, a, it's just like, like a responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they treat it very, very like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sacredly. They, they treat it as though it was like almost like a religious thing. Like they, very much believe that this is like the reason that they exist is because of this mantle and to protect the universe given to them by the precursors um it's kind of interesting how like the halo universe has like not only precursors but forerunners two ancient mm -hmm. races you know yeah they've got so many ancient races and actually we've got another one that we're going to talk about here another in a second Another one that's another ancient species but they're Ancient in quotes, kind of. Um, <laughs> Lowercase ancient. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, so then the last one, or last little thing to be aware of of the Forerunners is they are also the creators of these giant things in the universe that are called Halo Arrays. And these are those things, if you've ever played the games, that are the giant rings in space that float around and they have like people living on the inside of the ring. The forerunners created those those giant rings, and they'll come into play later on, because those and, are very important. And that's what the entire series is named after, right? Yes, as far as I'm aware. I, I, they, which is funny because, well, yeah, ironically, in game, as far as I'm aware, they only ever call them the rings, which is funny because they don't like they're named after the the series is named after these giant rings in space. That in game they call them rings, but the series is instead called Halo after those rings so i don't understand i think it's named after the, them but as far as i'm aware nobody in game calls them halos so i mean maybe I they know. just wanted to avoid like an you know like the name drop right maybe and they just wanted to so. make it like something that you figure out i guess yeah i think well, it's like, only really the forerunners that call them the halos because that was like the project name when they were making them is like it was they were called the halo rays from them but otherwise like after the forerunners so, like, in actual gameplay perspective, nobody ever calls them that. They're just called the rings or things like that, as far as I'm aware. But anyway, the uh, next 
race that we're going to talk about. They're a race called the Reclaimers, or the Reclaimer. And these guys are a tier one species again as well. And this is actually the title or job, if you will, that was given to humanity. So this is humans. These are the ancient humans, not modern day humans. And so the title of Reclaimer was given to the next race that was going to inherit the mantle after the forerunners passed away. And so now humanity is supposedly the next people who have this mantle and that are responsible for trying to protect the universe. And with that, they gave the humanity this title of Reclaimer. And so now there's some people in the human race that are tech- are like specifically called Reclaimers. Um, I think Master Chief is one of them, of course, because he's got to be. He's making Exactly. And so these, <laughs> these people that are called Reclaimers are actually some of the only people that are actually able to activate the Forerunner super weapons that are out in the universe. And some of those installations, there's a lot of them, but one of those installations are the Halo Arrays. And so the Halo Arrays are actually giant super weapons out in space floating around. And these Reclaimers are some of the only people, other than a Forerunner if they were still alive, but they aren't anymore. Um, But these people are the only people who are able to activate these super weapons if they needed them for some reason. I don't know why you'd ever need to. Do you know if you are a Reclaimer? Um, I don't think there is anything specific that like would tell it other than just like you go and try and activate something and it works. And it's like, oh, than everyone else. Oh, it's because I'm literally a tier one God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that there is actually anything different about them. As far as I'm aware, I think it's kind of just like a, it it might be genetic. It might not be. I'm not sure, but it's just like kind of something that's special about them that like they might be closer related to the forerunners than most other humans. And so because of that, they're able to activate the forerunner technology where normal humans can't. So, but as far as I'm aware, they don't get like special abilities from it. So did the reclaimers, were they like a branch off of like early humanity or like did humanity go through like some sort of collapse? They they did. Yes. And we will actually talk about that collapse of why it happened and what caused it. But yes, humanity was far more advanced than they are in the games and they were given and that's where they got this title of reclaimer and because of that like they were really important and then they kind of collapsed and were pushed back several hundreds of thousands of years in technological advancements and now they're starting to build back up so Oh, dang. The economic crisis of 2000. <laughs> yeah, it set us back <laughs> years. So, okay, so that's kind of like the some of the most important people in the universe, or at least in this story. Um, oh, also, not really important to this story, but like I mentioned earlier, there's the Covenant. That's a, another organization. It's actually not a species, but it's a, a like a galactic... super conglomerate of multiple different species uh and so there's tons of different races but the there's the sangheili which is in game they call them the elites that's what humans call them and then there's the yarohana or something like that i I very much butchered that name but i don't know how they actually meant to pronounce it yeah and those are the brutes and so there's tons of different species that are all 
like all from their own different planets, but they all live in this giant like governmental. They're like this giant galactical government, and that's so called none of the them, Covenant. None of them are reclaimers. They they're all like tier nope. like twos or something. Uh, yeah, those guys. I think they're all probably technically tier two, uh, technologically. So, and but they're all they're pretty much the main enemy in the game because and figure out where the flood originally came from. So back in yeah, the day, I always wondered that. Yeah. Yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. I, I often stay up at night trying to figure out never, <laughs> never knowing, just staring out into the stars. Where did they come from? What, what happened? Uh, but so way back in the day, there was uh, the precursors. They created the forerunners and then the precursors were getting ready to like move on, whether they were new, knowing they were going to die or they were just planning on leaving the galaxy. It's not really clear, but they were getting ready to move. And so initially they were going to make the forerunners their next successors. And they were going to give this mantle over to the forerunners. And then they decided, you know what? The forerunners, they're too violent. They're too scary. We don't want to give it to them because they're not going to be able to, to actually protect anybody. They're going to be one of the problems, not the solution. So they instead were going to give the mantle to humanity instead. The forerunners, however, not a big fan of that decision. So they oh, went to war jealous. with the precursors. Kind yeah, of surrendered. Like, it's very possible the galaxy to them, and just were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna leave." We don't it, it's that. possible, except for one thing. Uh, as the forerunner war was coming to a close, however, like the forerunners were getting the precursors out to the edge of the galaxy, and like had been pushing them further and further back and off of their planets, and the precursors were on the run. Finally, a collection of precursors decided that they were done with this tired of it and instead because they could because the precursors had the ability to like shapeshift they decided to become basically a cloud of dust that if they ended up getting to a place where they would be able to live again they the cloud of dust would be able to regenerate them into their previous forms and they'd be able to live again so they just kind of turned into this strategy i know right so they became this like space dust cloud that was just floating through space uh, problem was that they were like way out in the edge of the galaxy where there's nothing around. And so because of that, they floated around in space for a long time. And as this happened, as they were floating out in space, they had nothing better to do. And they were starting to kind of go crazy. And so they over time started to get corrupted. And this dust cloud of possible precursors eventually became this like kind of horrific disease mutated mess of just like able to regenerate creatures that just like had lost their minds and just become monsters basically oh yeah so then terrible situation all around uh -huh. the the uh that was when afterwards the forerunners kind of took over the universe and decided okay now we've got the mantle we've taken control and we are going to protect everyone so like they did end up kind of being good and like doing well but it was kind of a violent takeover to then establish peace in the universe, but they ended up becoming good. They took over. The world was kind of happy. Nothing happened for a while. And then 10,000 years go by before finally the first flood were actually were. Well, I, I say flood in small quotes. Uh, they humanity finally met up with the flood for the first time. Uh, it was actually the flood had run into a ship while out in space 
and people collected this dust and were like, what the heck is this? It makes, I don't understand what this is. It doesn't really mean, doesn't do anything. So they collected it all up and put it into these little jars and decided to do some experiments with them. Cool. So they took it back. The humans took it back to their planet where they were living. And humans were actually living with another species at this time on that planet called the Sanshun. And these guys are in-game the creatures called the Prophets. And they're actually like the heads of the Covenant. They're both the religious oh, yeah. and the governmental heads of the government. Yeah. So this is these guys, but like years before the Covenant became a thing. Um, and so the Senshun and the humans, ancient humans, kind of were working together trying to figure out what this dust did. And they started doing experiments, naturally, on their pets. Because why not? So what, they just like flick a bunch of dust at their yeah pet. <laughs> yeah they would just like they would sprinkle this dust on their pets and they found that after doing this for a little while that it would actually help to like cause their pets to be more tame and more peaceful had better attributes they'd be more like attentive and stuff like that like it actually seemed to psychologically help the pets become more docile which is like yo this stuff's awesome it has like crazy cool weird effects and so they started to realize this dust had psychological effects on other species it was only really the lower species though it what it didn't affect the humans or the sanshun at all so oh, they were like so they did safe. try it like human trials and it just didn't well, do anything at the time in, i think it was mainly just in their experiments while they were like sprinkling this on their dogs it didn't affect them it was only affecting their dogs and so it was just it goes to show and when they also when they made first contact with this dust cloud it didn't do anything as well so they were like oh it's harmless to us it doesn't do anything so it seems that it was great no ill consequences we're good and this went on for a long time where humans were breeding these animals powdering them and it would just it eventually started to show itself in really kind of odd ways where like the animals that were powdered would actually start to have like weird fur patterns, but otherwise it was pretty harmless uh, until eventually one day the animals started to like grow extra limbs and some oh. of them even started growing like tentacles as well oh, at some point. That's a, so it was like a change. Things were starting to go wrong. These uh, animals, these dogs also started to become more violent. They were normally her herbivores but they started to eat each other as well, which is oh. not good. Yeah, that's a, and... that's a kind of turn for the worse. It's kind of like yeah. stop what you're doing uh -huh. like signal, right? But but that's the thing is this has been going over centuries of them experimenting with this. So it's like it's kind of I could see it being hard to track down what is causing this because this has been happening for so long. It's like ah, couldn't be this stuff. We've been doing this for years. So it it is kind of a slow burn at first that like people don't realize what's going on but it's going to take off very fast uh so right now the dogs are starting to mutate getting a little bit more violent and starting to eat each other and naturally on this planet there were some people that would actually eat these dogs for food as well and that is how the infection spreads to other people to more sentient creatures the uh, people who were eaten, who were eating these dogs, they started to become infected and they became more violent. They became 
very like hungry and started eating other people, other infected uh, creatures that had this stuff, this dust in them. And eventually got to the point where like anybody who would touch this like infected these flesh would also start to get infected by it. And uh, the flood then just started multiplying. Uh, they started to like mutate like they do in this weird amalgam forms and started to take over this ancient human empire and the Sanshun as well. And eventually it completely overtook that first planet. And the humans realized that they had royally messed up. They <laughs> This was like a, a violent takeover at this point. Very, yeah. By this flood is like doing what you pretty know much you in the game, right? Yeah, pretty much once it had spread into humans, they acted like zombies for a little bit in that like they were just like hungry and ate each other. And then after a little bit of that, then it became the flood that we know and love today, where it became the monster mutations that spread rampantly and just took over the entire planet. And right now, because it's so new, nobody knew what to do about it, to what to do about it or how to react. And so it just kind of completely overtook that entire planet. Oh dang. Do you know yeah. if like uh if there was any trigger? So like the flood doing this or was it literally just like something maybe that in like the precursor powder just changed? You know, no, it seems like, like what it was, that. it seems like what it was is it was a very slow evolution that it had to build up. It's like, like it, it didn't know how to interact with other species at first. And so it was having to take a little while of like figuring out how to initially mutate in a body how to take over that body how to take control of it how to manipulate it in different ways how to mutate it and so it was like basically as they were sprinkling this on their dogs it was just experimenting inside those dogs of how to manipulate with a living body and how to take over the body through the uh, nervous system which is how the flood eventually starts to control people is it'll take over your nervous system and just control you through that so I think it was less so that it was like it changed and more of it was just learning and it took a while for it to figure out how to do what it needed to do. But then once like a successful strain of it started to do the right thing, then that strain started to spread and it became what it is now. So do you think so, that the the precursors kind of retained their consciousness in this powdered form or is this like basically an entirely new like creature entity? That, that is a great question. It feels like a little bit of both, maybe, because the, the Forerunners, they were very much obsessed with preserving life and keeping life going in the universe. So although this is, kind, this is killing people, if the Flood were to survive and were to successfully take over the universe, life would still exist in the universe. And it would be a very large organism that would continue to prosper and it would stay active almost forever at this at that point once it's taken over the rest of the universe because there's nothing threatening it so like on one hand it is fulfilling exactly what the pro the i just lost in of his precursors wanted but at the same time it's not going about it in the way that they did when they were alive so it's kind of it, hard to tell which what whether it is or not it feels like it kept their very core desires but other than that it just kind of became this like disease more than a sentient thing 
Gotcha. Like so. you said, it kind of became corrupted out in yeah. deep space. Well, it seems it, like absolutely. it could, you know, corrupted is is a word for it, but I'd also see it as almost like a chaotic good approach, mm-hmm. right? To where this is the end goal. The end goal is for peace, no more destruction, just this, this you know, living in peace and happiness state of the like the existence of the, the, the solar system or whatever, right? Right. And the way to achieve that is to give everyone peace, basically. You know, even though it's it's actually called death and destruction, right? To them, it's this is this is for the greater good, and so it, it, because they're they're probably no longer as like I don't know if omnipotent is the word, but like since sure. precursors are no longer at their prime and of power, you know, because they've I don't know I don't know exactly. Yeah, they've been completely destroyed at this point. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's pretty. That is true. Much of more of like chaotic good than it is like. Yeah. Corruption, it, but I don't know. It, well, it's like. Or both. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like a little bit of both in that. Yeah. Like it's peace through absolute assimilation. Uh huh. You know? Like nobody gets any choice in it, and like we can all just be one giant flesh blob and be happy. There you with go. It. And just just live in peace and prosperity in your blob so yeah that's true although there was i'm sure or at least according to stories and the way that it sounds like at least the forerunner and precursor war went it sounds like there was definitely at least towards the forerunners some animosity and some desire for revenge so i think probably i don't know if it's necessarily still in the flood's mind but i think it was part of the way the the flood or the reason that the flood became what they are is because of like a feeling of constant like like a desire for revenge and almost a burning hatred for the forerunners that was left over in the minds of the precursors as they became this dust cloud i feel like that might be part of what caused them to become what they did in this cloud because Mm -hmm of how betrayed they were by the creatures they created. And so it's not necessarily the reason or what caused them to become the flood, but it feels like it it is definitely aware or, or it is a step in what caused them to become the monsters that they are. And it you can kind of feel like the flood is a very hungry and kind of hateful creature that just like wants to spread out. And those are pretty much the only emotions that it has. So yeah, it kind of true. feels like they had some amount of malice in their creation. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, the uh, flood, like you uh, mentioned, they are spreading across the galaxy at this point. And the humans are trying their best to try and to stem the flow of monsters that is coming out. And they're trying to find a way to stop it. And as this is happening, as this war is beginning, the humans are constantly get being pushed back planet after planet. They'll move to a new planet and then the flood invade that planet and just take over the planet. And then humans will then have to leave and run to another one. And this keeps happening over and over again. And they're getting pushed further and further into the galaxy. And they're actually getting pushed further and further towards the forerunners because the forerunners are around at this point, very much alive. So uh, on accident, not meaning to, eventually the humans run into Forerunner territory and they eventually 
uh, run into both Forerunner planets and Forerunner ships. And at this point, the humans have gotten so desperate to try and stop the flood from spreading because this is just out of control that they've actually gotten to the point where they've just started glassing planets if they find any flood on the planet. You just Jeez. destroy the entire planet or ship or anything. Anything that has the flood, they just nuke it immediately. And in trying to fight the flood, not a bad plan. However, the Forerunners did not like that because to them, they didn't know what the flood were. They'd never heard of them before. So this just looks like a massive, super aggressive expansion by the humans. And oh, the flood yeah. or in the Forerunners took that as a complete act of war and a very harsh like disagreement with the code that they live by with the mantle. So the forerunners then declared war on the, the humans. And so now the humans are trying to fight a war on both sides against the flood and now against these forerunners that they run into on the other side of their territory. So this seems uh, pretty dire. Yeah, yeah. So it is not looking good. The humans are losing in a big way. And they're trying to find anything that they could do to try and fight back the flood. Clearly, destroying planet systems is not going to solve the problem. And finally, theoretically, at least, according some depends on who you ask, the humans came up with a kind of like a virus that would stop the flood, that would kill them off. And so the humans ended up, according to the stories, injecting about a third of the human population with this virus and then just kind of put them in front of the flood and just, here, eat them, destroy them. Yeah, they just put them out there to get killed because as soon as those people that had this virus in them got turned into the flood, it corrupted the flood and then the flood kind of started backtracking and ripping themselves apart. And so it started spreading through the rest of the flood and killing themselves. Hmm. So it seems like it worked. It's great. So you corrupt the corrupted. Exactly. They uncorrupt themselves. And they kill themselves. So what a genius plan. That's that's one story. However, at this point, this was just around the time that the the forerunners were starting to take the flood as an actual threat, and they were about ready to like, oh, actually the flood is a problem. We need to stop killing the humans and instead fight the flood. And so another story, another theory that people have is that the this virus never actually existed. And in fact, a lot of humans, a lot of like the higher up people in the human organization said that they never made a virus. It never existed. They don't know what happened. So the forerunners were very confused when one day out of seemingly nowhere, especially according to the humans with no interaction, the flood just pull back and just disappear. If so, depending on which story you go with, it's either that the flood started to tear itself apart and like kind of ran away to try and keep itself from killing itself. They like mm-hmm. left the corrupted parts behind and just fled to try and stay alive. Or it is possible that it was actually way more of a tactical decision than people gave it credit for. But regardless of why it did it, at this point, the flood now have a massive retreat and leave the human and the forerunners to fight out their war. And now the flood is no longer a massive threat, so the forerunner really doubled down on wiping out the humans because to them, humans were still expanding in a very aggressive way with not much 
reason because the forerunners at this point still think that the humans were just using the flood as an excuse as to why they should be expanding and not the actual reason why they were. So forerunners annihilate the humans. They push them all back, killing off all of their uh, outside their, their colonies in the stars, push them back to the home planet, which is earth. And with that, then they like, technologically destroy them, set them back ages into a prehistoric age where, like, they're literally with sticks and stones, and they actually physically, like, genetically messed with them to make them less threatening. Hey, um, yeah. Like... We don't know specifically what awesome. they did, but, yeah, they very much just kicked humanity back into the freaking Stone, Stone age. age. And technically... That's still following the mantle because they didn't end life. They didn't wipe out the humans. They just put them into a stage where nobody, they couldn't be a threat to anybody for thousands of years. And so they're still trying to foster life in the universe, but by doing this in a very almost aggressive way or very regressive way. I can see now why the precursors probably didn't choose Uh to name the mantle. It's effective, but not very nice. So... I mean, yeah, but it's like not really what I think they were really looking for, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. But so now, huzzah, the universe is free of the flood. They're gone. They've run away. And now the humans who, depending on who you ask, either helped to kill off the uh, flood or scare off the flood. Or if if you don't believe that story, then they just kind of helped to stem the tide of the flood. Now the humans are kicked down to the Stone Age area. So now the only people, the real superpower in the universe at this point are the Forerunners. And then after a lot of years, about 10,000 years again, the flood return. Again, trying to destroy the universe. And so then it begins with the Forerunner Flood War, which is a 300-year-long war to try and defend the galaxy from total annihilation. So at this stage of the flood's life, because of how they got kind of kicked back into like trying to having to retreat and having to regroup, the flood are in a stage called the feral stage, which basically just means that they're just going out and killing everything that they can and assimilating and trying to like latch onto any other organisms. In this stage, they can kind of communicate with each other, but they really only communicate through like close, like man to man communication. There's not large galactic plans or communication by the flood. It's just kind of an animal instinct. So, however, this was like in response to the earlier efforts being like thwarted, they were came back and were more aggressive. It's so this is, it seems like kind of the way that they all start. But I think in the last, at the end of the last war, they were starting to get to the next section that were uh, the next step of their like evolution. And that was when they were really becoming the threat that they were. And it was their part of their retreat that caused them to have to kind of take a step back evolutionary wise and start over a little bit. Because the next step is they establish what's called a grave mind, which is like a centralized hub of mass and like just goo basically that becomes like a, a sentient creature and this creature this grave mind 
is able to think and has is very intelligent and able to communicate with all of the rest of the flood. And this then is where the flood become insanely dangerous because now they can have tactics. Now they can think, plan, and coordinate on where they're going to attack. And the grave mind basically takes over all of the rest of the hive and almost they they consider it almost like a limb. Every other flood in the universe is basically just a limb of this grave mind. And so it just becomes one massive organism that's spreading. Gotcha. So, so like they're literally very big brained at this point. Basically, yeah. Yeah, absolutely big brained. And just wait, they will continue to get even more big brained as they get more and more advanced and as they gain more and more mass and as they take over more and more intelligent creatures and they're able to add that intelligence into the massive hive mind of the flood. So the uh, flood now have developed this grave mind. And so because of that, their combat ability steps up to like 11 and they start actually winning against the forerunners. Whereas before the forerunners they weren't really treating it as a war and they were just kind of treating it more as a disease and they were just quarantining planets and like trying to take care of it, but they weren't really taking it serious. Yeah, like extermination. When, exactly, yeah. They didn't th think of this as an invasion. They thought of it more as a disease. And then when the grave mind became up and running and sentient, this disease suddenly became a mobile army that was taking over theirs and kicking them out of planets. So the forerunners now started to kind of follow in the humans' footsteps, and they started to do planetary bombardments, where anytime a planet was infested, they would just bomb the planet. If they could, they would just bomb the section that they were in. Otherwise, they would just bomb the entire planet and just destroy it. And there's actually stories of some forerunner civilizations that weren't able to escape in time, so they would just do mass suicides and like set off like local mass destruction bombs in their area to kill off everybody in the area so a you wouldn't be turned and b you wouldn't add to the massive army that was coming right so the forerunner they were taking very strong brutal steps to try and get the flood under control and try and kill any spreading that was happening but this wasn't very useful and so the the forerunners started to theorize and started to think about branching into what they called super weaponry. And at first they developed something called the Sentinels, which was like robotic drones that theoretically should be able to fight against the hive because they're not organic organic organisms. They can't be taken over. So theoretically they should be great. And the, you saw those in one of the Halo games, right? You do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the ones in the Halo games are a little bit different, very similar but they weren't the same creatures that were made to fight the, the flood. They were made by a different guy, but through similar uh, tools. But yes, very, very similar thing where these sentinel, like sentinels, robotic drones started spreading out to try and fight the flood. Uh, unfortunately, they were not super successful. And so the forerunners decided they had to switch to something more aggressive. More ironically they're they're going up they're just taking everything up more so now right. rather than destroying planet by planet by planet they've decided all right let's just just let's just destroy any sun any star system that has flood in it so they would just go to a star system oh, if there was God. flood there they would destroy the star 
send it into a supernova and leave and just Dang, let man. the sun system let that star system die so they're wow. no longer glassing planets they're glassing entire solar systems at this point but and it just gets worse i mean if you think about like what kind of like opposing force they were against to even uh -huh. make them like begin to think this was a viable option it must have yeah. been really bad can you imagine the the decisions and what must have pushed these people to make these decisions to make destroying entire solar systems seem like a good idea this must have been the most hopeless brutal war ever that they decided you know what we're gonna bomb we're gonna destroy entire solar systems our own people are gonna blow themselves up and like nuke our planets to try and keep them from spreading it is a terrible I mean, like Escalation. Said, it, it was a 300 year war, right? Mm -hmm. So they were probably losing this battle of attrition. Yeah, they were absolutely losing for 300 years. Every time they started to gain any ground, the flood would start to evolve and become a stronger, more threatening, more smart adversary. And they would start to take over again, which speaking of becoming smarter and stronger, the next major evolution of the flood begins now they something above the grave mind <laughs> yeah uh-huh they're making something stronger than the grave mind i thought the grave so, mind was where it capped the grave mind that's that super like hive mind organism that can communicate across all of the hive and can coordinate where they attack has now gotten so much mass that it be has become a planet-sized organism the entire planet has become just one massive creature with one massive mind and has become so intelligent it's called a key mind at this point and it has so much intelligence that it can out comprehend and out computate even the most powerful forerunner machines so this thing can outplan outthink any of the machines any of the ais anything that the forerunner have so, so now, wait, i don't know if we clarified so did these did the drones and like whatever do well at first they did decently well when they were first starting against the uh forerunners but that was only really because the forerunners weren't taking them as serious as they should have okay. they treated them more as a disease rather than a actual proper threat and an army and by the time the forerunners actually started to treat them as the army they are they had grown to a point enough. where they had the grave mind that could a be able to coordinate them and now anytime any soldiers were sent in to fight the flood those flood drones were able to communicate each other with each other in such a way that they were actually able to strategize and take on organized groups of soldiers with actual success whereas if they had hit them before the grave mind existed they probably wouldn't have been able to win but now the grave mind has now evolved even further and has become this massive superpower that can just overthink, outthink, whatever, any of the Forerunner machines. And so any strategies or maneuvers that the Forerunner tries, starts to try and do, the Gravemind can outmaneuver them, can outthink them, and plan way ahead of them. And this gets even worse when the head artificial intelligence that is running the Forerunner uh, armies called 032 Metacabias that was the head AI that was running all of the 
Forerunner armies, telling them where to go, what to do, how to attack. The Gravemind got in, in contact with that AI and convinced that it was fighting on the wrong side and turned it onto its side. Really? <laughs> uh -huh. It was so smart. It could convince this AI to change sides, and the AI had enough, like, like thinking and like free thought that it was able to actually like think for itself and decide, you know what? I think you might be right. And Dang, so, man. so the grave mind converted the AI over uh, to the side. That's so, or the key mind, I should say. That's that's insane. Yeah. So the the argument that it used was that the forerunners are actually not the rightful owners, that the not the rightful uh people who should have the the what's the word i was I'm the looking mantle. for the mantle thank you they actually aren't the correct people to hold the mantle because they aren't the actual descendants or the the correct descendants of the the first race they aren't the precursor next in line children the actual next in line people of the precursors should be the flood because they are literally their direct descendants they are literally them in a different form and so they then argued with the ai that you know we're actually the precursors children if not the precursors themselves the forerunners don't have any right to rule the galaxy we do and the ai is like you know what you're right good point you know what? i guess i'll fight for you <laughs> so I can't argue against it. So now the forerunner armies are fighting against themselves as the AI is fighting itself or, or fighting other sections of the army. And it's taking control of the star or the ships in the armada. So now they have the flood fighting for them and some of the forerunner ships and infantry because the AI is in control of most of the army. So the forerunners have to cut off connection to the AI and they have to generate a new AI. They have to create a new one. It's not as good, but now it's at least not tainted by the flood. And then the the flood decide to spread into another form of technology that the forerunners are using. And that is they take over the precursor technology called Star Roads. And these are like just j enormous devices that allow the traversal through the stars and the warping of space time. So it, this is how the Forerunner ships were getting around the galaxy to be able to fight everywhere. And now the Flood have taken over and either not allowing the Forerunners to get through these, these portals or they'll allow them to, them to get into it and then just sever the connection and just destroy the ships when they're like in the middle of this warped space-time. And they'll just destroy the ships. Dang, man. So, yeah. So this is at the this point where the... Forerunners decide, you know what? We are losing so hard. We need to take drastic measures. And that's when they decided to create the uh, a super weapon called the Ark and create uh, what's called Shield Worlds, which is where they would make giant metallic domes or, or bubbles around planets to try and keep them safe from the Flood and also keep them safe from this super weapon that they're generating. And part of the arc, it's it was a hub section that would also connect to these rings that they were creating out in space, which is the Halo Array. And so they would use the arc connected to the Halo Array to make this super weapon that would send out huge amounts of radiation that would kill 
any living thing above a certain level in the entire galaxy and so like just sterilize the galaxy wipe out everything because their theory their thought process was we can kill all of the flood but they might come back if we miss any so we need to kill every living thing in the universe so we can not only kill the flood but also starve it out if it ends up surviving so they they just they wiped everything out it took them a long time to be able to build this arc but in that time while they're creating this arc and this super destroyer basically they also went about trying to gather as many other species in the galaxy as they could trying to gather knowledge about them information any history any species any uh embryos living organisms anything they could throughout the entire galaxy trying to gather them all into the shield worlds or onto other facilities in the galaxy that would be protected from this super weapon and after they had gathered as many as they could, and once the weapon was wet ready, they finally ended the 300-year-long war against the Flood by activating the Halo Rays and eliminating every living being in the universe, including themselves. Except so, for the stuff that are in the S.H.I.E.L.D. worlds. Right? Except for these things that were protected in the S.H.I.E.L.D. worlds. So there were some beings in the S.H.I.E.L.D. worlds, humanity is one of them, and others that were protected and allowed to be able to continue to survive. So do you know why the Forerunners didn't save even a tiny part of their species? The reason they didn't is because at this point, there was so few Forerunners left that they had to have all the Forerunners that were available had to be out to be able to activate these weapons. So there was Uh, not very many Forerunners left, and that's why they had to give then... This is when they passed the mantle of the... uh, What's the word i was looking for the uh protectors or police right yeah yeah the reclaimers this is when the humanity got the reclaimer title because the forerunners were no longer there wasn't enough of them to be able to continue to activate these weapons if ever flood the flood came back so they had enough people to be able to activate the weapons finish making them and destroy everything in the universe but there was not enough of them to be able to continue on and re-establish their own society so they had to find a next in line people and that was humanity so they gave humanity the mantle so that way they would theoretically help to continue protect the universe and they also then passed on this reclaimer title or responsibility to then now humanity has control over these super weapons in case they ever needed to activate them again if by some odd chance the flood ever came back which of course they always do and that's where we catch up to where the games start and the the events of the game are relatively short but relatively kind of ironic to me because with this massive event to try and protect all of the life in the galaxy try and help hopefully maybe save some people from this massive bomb that they set off the Forerunners also saved some specimens of the Flood on some of these outposts. Why, though? The reason (laughs) is kind of confusing, kind of baffling, but their reasoning was, what if the Flood got out of the galaxy? What if they escaped the galaxy at some point? We don't know. And what if they come back? We need to have some specimens of them to study, so that way, if they come back, we can have an answer to them. Other, An answer other than wipe out all life again 
So that was why they kept it in case Flood had escaped and were then in the future come back. But it just still is like, come on, really? Yeah, That's like... I, I feel like if you're at the point where you're like, let's just microwave the galaxy, you kind of <laughs> you don't like really need to prepare for any contingencies, you know? You're yeah. Just like it's kind of an all or nothing deal. Absolutely agree. But that was that was their plan. And so because of that, they had some flood stashed away in other planets. And some of them were on these rings that were being used as the weapons. And some of them were actually in the shield worlds that they had in these giant domes around the planets. And so finally, after after the rings were decimated and after then the forerunner AIs kicked back in and repopulated the galaxy and life was allowed to kind of recover and thousands of years later humanity had started to regenerate and become power again then some species accidentally started falling into and stumbling upon these flood uh organizations outposts whatever preserves that they had um and there was actually a full planet that was designated as like the the quarantine planet for the flood where it was like specifically chosen because it was super unhospitable to the flood it was freezing cold there was nothing else living there like theoretically nothing could live on that planet and the flood exist included but then a bunch of other species got onto that planet and were exploring got infected and it started spreading this flood pandemic all over again the first time we ever see the flood in the games is when the uh UNSC crash lands onto one of the rings and they end up finding out that, oh crap, there was flood on this ring and now they're out and they're starting to spread. And so Master Chief trying to save everyone is talking to the AI of that ring and it tells him, here, there's this super weapon that'll help you and it can kill off all the flood and he almost activates it. And then he finds out, oh crap, that super weapon kills everyone in the galaxy again. So he doesn't activate that and instead... Yeah, the, the AI is like, we got a solution. Here it is. This is what I'm made for. And he's like, cool, sweet. Oh, no, that's not a good idea. So instead of activating the ring again, which he almost did, because again, I believe that Master Chief is one of these reclaimer people. So he th- should be able to activate the rings. In fact, he can, because uh, the AI almost allowed him to, and then he stopped. But instead of doing that, he instead decides the... Most of the flood are just on this ship that they crash landed onto the ring with. So he then instead goes back to that ship and detonates its fusion reactor, destroying both that ship, the flood, and breaking that ring. So making it no longer usable. So but, do you know if like the, the Halo ring array, does it need like all of the rings in order to like... Do it does not. Like, oh, so, it, so got like it, almost redundant rings? Well, so what it is, is each ring is able to act on its own so that you can detonate just one ring by itself or you can detonate all of them at the same time. And depending on what you do, it's going to be a more powerful or weaker explosion. And I think it's just that the rings are placed around the galaxy in different positions. And so if you activate just one ring, it just kills anything in that area. But if you activate all the rings, it destroys everything in the entire galaxy. So theoretically, if you had just triggered that one it would have only killed a lot of people but not everybody a lot of things not every yeah exactly <laughs> but theoretically yeah you could trigger it and just kill everybody if you 
if you started the explosion from the very core, which is the arc. So if you are on the arc and set them to explode, it'll kill off everybody in the universe by detonating all of the rings. So, gotcha. um, and then real quickly, I will, cause we're getting a little long here, but the la- the next time that the flood run into master chief or are run into by humanity in general is master chief ends up meeting this new floods grave mind. They've already established a new grave mind now. And so he talks to the grave mind and the grave mind actually tells him about a plan that the covenant have to detonate the rings, all of them because the covenant are crazy and the heads of their government, which is those, uh, Sun Shi, the, the leaders of it. Yeah. The prophets, they believe that the forerunners were gods and that the forerunners want them to be reunited, want the covenant and the forerunners to be re- reunited and that the way to get to the forerunners is to activate these rings and that that will set them into a state of transcendence move them to where the forerunners are and they will be basically sent to heaven it's like every crazy cult believing that they can jump onto like a comet as it passes that's what they're believing oh, so geez. the covenant are trying to detonate these rings to try and uh, like ascend i suppose and the grave mind obviously doesn't like that because that'll kill him. Master Chief obviously doesn't like that because that'll kill them. So they kind of team up and the grave mind tells them where to go and how to try and stop the covenant from setting these off. So he kind of stops them from doing it, but then they end up just like they decide, OK, if we're not going to activate the an original plan was to activate each ring individually. Now the plan is let's go to the hub and just activate them all at once. So then now Master Chief has to go to the Ark, which is the hub of all of the rings, and has to try and stop the Covenant from doing activating them again. He does. He succeeds. Kills off the Covenant leaders so that, that way they can't trigger the rings. And then as soon as he does that, then the Flood turns on him and is like, cool, I'm no longer in danger of being killed off, so I'll kill you off because it's spreading. And so do we know how great. like the flood in this situation kind of got out of control to the point where they were able to make a grave mind? So this grave mind is actually on the ark. And there was actually a very big research facility on the ark because this is where they were studying making the rings and also where they were trying to find a way to stop the flood instead of setting off the rings. So this is that's why there was flood on that planet is because they were doing research on them and then they put them into stasis and presumably somebody landed on this planet and accidentally let them out. Okay. Um, I don't know specifically, though I know there are several planets that that happened to. There were several rings that had the flood on them that they were let out of. There was the ice planet that they were let out on and there was they actually had some flood down in a giant mine that got out as well. So presumably at some point, they either broke out or somebody accidentally let them out. And then so they started spreading. Just opened up a, a cursed cookie jar. Exactly. They opened Pandora's box on the Ark. And then <laughs> oh, man. the grave mind started to spread. And so it, at that point, tried to kill the chief because he wanted to, it just wanted to continue taking over. So the chief decided to uh, take decisive action. And he, at that point, the the Ark was creating a new ring by itself to try and replace the one he had destroyed previously. And so that ring was almost finished, 
So he decided to detonate that one, and that would in turn destroy the flood, and he also ex destroyed the Ark at the same time. So he just put it into like a self-destruct mode, destroying both the Ark, so theoretically no other rings should be able to be created, but also killing the flood, theoretically, for good. And that's, uh, that's where the last that we've seen the flood so far ends. And they and were never heard from again. Exactly. <laughs> There's never going to be a threat again. That's it. They're good. No more expansion. No more unification. We're good. We're safe. The Flood are all dead. Master Chief killed them. And, Our and hero. Yeah, there's absolutely no other like far off research stations with absolutely like, not <laughs> grave minds budding or any of that. Absolutely not. There's no way. That's not possible. Dude, I don't know about you, but the Halo universe is screwed, bro. <laughs> yeah. So this is really bad. Uh -huh. Like I knew the the flood were bad. Cause I mean, like you you see the damage that they cause in the game and like uh -huh. the weird like flesh structures and like how right. they corrupt everything they come into contact with. But man, this is way worse than I ever they, could imagine. Yeah, it's crazy because like I've I mean I have such a casual level of playing this game that like I had like briefly seen them like I've heard of it you know like I've seen uh -huh. they're the bad guys like but like this is a whole, like you said Bryce like a whole nother level like this is just yeah yeah it's like, like oh it's they're bad guys and they're kind of like zombies basically so like they're really scary but like otherwise they're like oh well like not that like, big of a deal they're way cooler than the covenant like uh -huh. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> that is my exact thought like if i knew the, the flood had existed when i first was hearing about halo i would have been way more into the series rather than the covenant covenant's boring they're just a bunch of politicking crazy nut jobs just aliens yeah yeah, These guys are freaking universe-destroying beings that are just spreading out. Unifiers, man. That's freaking insane. Well, and, it, like, they don't get as boring, right? Because with right. the Covenant, you have, like, I mean, realistically, you're seeing probably four or five types of aliens, like, consistently. But with this, like, it could be it could be those things. It could be humans. It can be uh -huh. things that you've never seen before because guess what? It doesn't matter because they're coming from all over the, the universe. Why now they can so? create their own creatures. It's, yeah, exactly. it's every creature in the universe and then whatever it wants to make. Yeah. And so, then OCs as well. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, then they can also start to corrupt AI and start to turn the AI against you. And it's like, dude, so cool. these things are freaking insane. Man, so, like, I like I don't know if you'd really categorize these things as like zombies, as I feel they're kind of distinct, but they are. But they, they, they this would be the worst version of zombies. Absolutely, yeah. they actually they actually remind me a lot of the uh, what are those games where it's like where you're like the industrial guy running around with like the laser gun, necromorph, dead space. Yeah. They they remind me of the necromorphs from Dead Space a lot. They they no. did too. There's a lot or of similarities, I feel like. And like just kind of as a side note, I'd love to do like an episode on that eventually. Yes. And but yeah, there's a lot of like similarities between the two. And Definitely. I think just this concept of, of kind of like this uh alien infection or like zombie virus, whatever you want to call uh -huh. it, as a concept is extremely cool. Yeah, I agree. And like a, a zombie infection or an alien infection that becomes so severe and so aggressive that it has to the only way to solve it like every like the smartest 
civilizations in the universe have tried to figure out what to do about it and the only thing they can come up with is kill everybody is so crazy and that's like that is although terrible a very cool story of oh my goodness that is that is terrible it just goes to show how scary and terrible they are that that's the solution that's the best option is kill everybody Uh, it's the only thing that they really (laughs) found to work really Uh uh-huh and if you if you were like the new like say like humanity at this point it's such like a daunting like uh-huh. undertaking if you were to fight a war with the flood because you look at all the other previous races yeah. that have come and then died in fighting against this thing and Seriously. just been utterly crushed it's it'd be so like it would uh, be a herculean task yeah, it would be, be absolutely hopeless. hopeless yeah so the flood is so cool i think they are very neat and i i like I mentioned earlier, I feel like they're like kind of zombie-ish, though they're not like they're way cooler than zombies. But I think this is if you're going to consider them zombies, the coolest version of zombies and the coolest take ever to be made, in my opinion. They are so uh, wild. I mean, I, I do agree with you for the most part, but I what's feel a better like zombie story. Than there's, that? there's well, there's a lot of other really cool like zombie ass things like I, I would suppose. like we've been talking about Necromorphs, man. They're pretty cool. cool. They got some really good stuff. But how many world, how many universe ending events have the Necromorphs (laughs) caused? How many solar systems and stars were destroyed to try and stop them? Like consciously destroyed to try and put this an end to them. I can't think of how many. We might get there. Okay. In our Necromorphs episode. We'll dig into it. (laughs) I I don't know as much about Necromorphs as I do now anyway about the Flood. So it's possible that I don't know, but the flood are one of at least I'll I'll say at least one of the most crazy zombie stories and coolest creatures that have just like taken over the universe in my opinion. I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. And yet there's still going to be like people are still like, "Oh, they're they're not that bad. They're just a virus." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just, just a virus. Like- and they're like, no, guys, like we're uh, we're a threat. No, no, no. It's no, you're not. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll and just keep samples of you just in case. And that's oh how super ordinary, super civilization that can create worlds falls to them because the hubris of not believing that they're as big of a threat as they actually are. Could you imagine if like Jeez. the forerunner just immediately were like, oh, this is bad. Stomp on them immediately. Mm-hmm. Would have been no problem. But it, it would have been probably a little tricky, but yeah, I mean, they definitely sure, could have but, done it without freaking blowing up the universe. Uh-huh. So, but I mean, that's the benefit that the the flood have is that they're able to wait so long in between interactions that nobody remembers. Like, there's ten thousand years between the first war and the second war between the human and flood war versus the forerunner flood war. There's ten thousand years in between. So, like. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I'm sure, remembers what the heck was going on with the flood 10,000 years ago. Like They've completely lost track. And they use it to their advantage. The flood just completely takes over with nobody knowing what to do about it. But that, I think, will do it for this episode. I apologize for being a little bit longer, but... Oh, man, what an episode, though. Yeah, I I couldn't figure out where to cut it off. I was like, maybe I just end it right when like the forerunners kill them like right at the thing but like there's still more like there's the modern games still have some story there though there's not a ton there and so like i didn't feel good with just ending it there 
but I so I felt like I had to continue, but I ended up making it a little bit long, so I apologize. And I apologize also because I'm sure there's other things, like I said at the beginning of the episode, that I left out because clearly for time issues I had to. So Yeah. But and I mean we're not experts on any of this stuff. We're just like absolutely super passionate not. and just want to like share this with our viewers yeah. and each other. So well, and so, of all episodes, like this is one of the ones that's like, I really want to play Halo now. Like, uh, I want to yeah, get I want to read this. some of the books, man. I want to see what's there. Yeah. And that's kind of a sad thing to me is the new games seem to be moving away from the flood and moving towards other threats and like doing other things, which makes sense because the flood have kind of like they've lived through their interesting yeah. storylines kind of and their story. And... Yeah. It would be a little bit rehashing. But I still think they're so cool that I'd be like, you know what? Having them as like a side threat every once in a while, and like they're still around and like, hey, you got to watch out. I think it'd still be cool. But, yeah. So it's a little bit sad, but I can understand where they're coming from with that. But otherwise, yeah. thanks for listening for this episode. We so appreciate you guys sticking around and coming back every week to be able to listen. We just love to be able to do this every week and just doing it for fun. So we appreciate you guys being around. Mm-hmm. Being here. Uh yeah, check, out. check out our Twitter. Yeah. You. Yeah, it's you know it. Brand spanking new. It's so shiny. We uh we are at uh Vanquishers Pod on there Twitter. Yeah. So check us out, you know. Follow us for uh updates on what we're doing and also yeah. with the episodes that we release. So you don't there miss you any go. of them. That way you know exactly when they're coming out. And then at that point, that also gives you a very good avenue to be able to share the podcast with other yeah. people. If you end up wanting to share this with a friend, we would so appreciate that. You just send them a link to either the the Spotify page or whatever podcast thing you use, or just send them a link to the Twitter page. And they've got, that's all of our information on there. So uh, also check out our uh, TikTok. Brad's been working really hard. Watch me monologue about the Loch Ness monster and gnomes yeah. all the time. <laughs> he's been he's been working really hard on that. So we, we he's been doing really good. They're really good up over there. So go ahead and check out that. It's very fun. Otherwise, I think that'll do it for this week. We'll catch you next week for another episode. Uh, no idea what we're gonna do next week. It's gonna be a surprise. So you're gonna have to come back to be able to see. But yeah. otherwise, well, I'm, I'm coming back. I want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a surprise. Oh, okay. Well, See you guys later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll uh, we'll be <laughs> without Brad next or Bryce next week, but that's fine. We'll uh, miss him, and we'll carry on the mantle without him. Not the Halo mantle, a different mantle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, we'll catch you next week. And uh, thanks for being here. Have a good one.